Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I said this last week, if we do not stop, we win. That's actually biblical. Jesus said it another way. He who endures to the end will be saved. That word saved is all-inclusive. It's physical salvation, like healing. It is, it is a relational. It's a restoration of relationships, mental, emotional, and it's spiritual. He who endures to the end, she who endures to the end will be saved. Why? Because we don't lean upon ourselves. Last week, we were talking about this whole thing about exhaustion. And exhaustion causes us to disengage from the battle, doesn't it? Causes us to quit. Causes us to lay down and die. And we, we pressed into that, really. But God wouldn't let me go with that because I kept thinking about this whole thing about the race we're running. So if you've got Bibles, or start over in Hebrews chapter 12 because I couldn't let go of this. Some of you guys know exactly where I'm going. All right, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, why? Therefore what? He goes through this whole list of people who saw God do unimpossible miracles. Abraham, even though he knew his body was dead, Abraham hoped against hope. Women received back their dead from the grave. He's like over and over again, he goes all these from the halls of faith. He said, because they've done it. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses declaring God's goodness, like in a court trial, these guys are good. They're not just witnesses of you. They're witnesses of God declaring he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy witnesses surrounding us. Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles and run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is the thing, I don't know about you, what I said, he who endures the end, we, if we are to win, if we're to see the breakthrough, if we're to overcome exhaustion, if we're going to press through to the end, we have to have endurance. How do we have endurance? That's what we're going after today. Endurance. He, with endurance, run the race with endurance that is set before us. Let me ask you, what makes something a race? Huh? Uh, okay, so competitors. Fear. Fear how? Uh huh. Yeah, fear, fear of failure, fear of, uh, yeah. Fear of rejection. Okay, what, a fear of loss, rejection. Uh huh, one second. Loss. What else makes something a race, like in the natural? Okay, so, yeah, so we got winner, loser, uh, start, finish, time, time, challenge, what was that? A prize. All right, These, this is good stuff right here. We have been called to run a race. Now, the reality is everybody's race is unique. Is that not true? Everybody's race is unique. You know, this is why we do not, you know, Paul talks about staying in your lane. 
Why? You can't run somebody else's race and you're not required to. What they're bearing, you couldn't bear. And what you bear, they couldn't bear. Why? Because God's grace is enough for me, not for you. So we can't compare. So the thing is, is we have a race. But you know what? Not every race has, every race has a finish, but not every race, it has a time. You know, there's some races Anybody here ran a marathon? You don't care about time. You're like, I made it! Right? Like there are races where I win because I finish. This is a race we are running. We are running a race to the finish line. The finish line that God has set for us. There, it's a challenge. You know, um, and so, and yes, there's a fear of failure. There's a fear of loss. There's a fear of getting hurt. There's a fear of exhaustion. And yes, if we're not careful, we can be distracted. Anybody here, you know how they, um, in the Tour de France, anybody know what the Tour de France is? It's a a race over what, like 50 some stages throughout France. And there are teams of riders. Now here's the problem. In a team of riders, one of them will win. But there are others in that team that act as rabbits. Do you guys know what a rabbit is? A rabbit is someone who runs ahead and sets an impossible pace to lure others out of the pace they know they can handle to run, not their race, but to, to race to try to stay up with that rabbit. The rabbit burns out about halfway through, drifts to the back. He's done his business. He just finishes the race just lollygagging. But everybody who chased him burns out. If I try to run your race, I will burn out. If I try to get what you've got, I'm going to burn out. If I try to have a calling like you've got, I will burn out. But if I will walk the path he has for me, his grace is sufficient to bring me through. But I can't get distracted by the other competitors. So what do we do? What do we do? Do we look at the competitors? No. Do we look at the obstacles? No. You know, one of the things, I've said this before, when they're training for high-speed chases uh, with the police, is one of the things they say is, do, if you're chasing a car, you can't look at the obstacles in the way, the slower cars, whatnot, or you will hit them. You have to keep your eye on the car you're chasing, and you will go around every obstacle. And we, so often, who, who's my people? You, you get your eyes on the obstacle in three seconds flat. Nobody? Just me? Yeah. I get my eye on the obstacle. You know what? If you get your eye on the obstacle, you will hit it. You will hit it. One of the greatest verses in scripture is Job. What I feared has come upon me. Anybody here, like you, maybe you were raised in a house, not you, not you, but you've been raised in a house where there's like a glory in being, being justified in your fears. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I knew it was going to be bad. Oh, that's awesome. No, nobody, anybody? No, there's something, I'm, I'm proved right. No, no, no. What, how do we do it? So Jesus says, says, fixing our eyes on who? Jesus. Jesus. Part of the reason we fix our eyes on Jesus is it removes all of our excuses. Who are my people when you're going through a hard time, you find someone to compare yourself next to? Well, at least I'm not as bad off as them. I'm not as pathetic as them. Any, four of us? Wow, I'm digging in all of our business. Okay, yeah, but if I fix my eyes on Jesus, I lose all my excuses, don't I? Don't I? Is that true? I'm like, oh, man. 
Right? Why? Because he was tempted in every way as, uh, as we were. In every way he was tempted. So he was tempted in ways, like there's temptations you face I'll never face. Well, he even faced those. He suffered loss. He suffered rejection. He suffered assault. He touched lepers and risked getting leprosy. He, following God, took him to uncomfortable places. It left him sleeping outdoors in horrible, in the elements. It left him in all kinds of situations. But if I keep my eyes on Jesus, I lose all my excuses. The author and perfecter of faith, trusting in God. This is what trusting God looks like. Who, now this is a big one, for the joy set before him. Remember the prize? For the joy set before him, what? He endured the cross. Remember, we're after endurance. He endured the cross. Anybody here read one of the physiological breakdowns that they did um, a few decades back in the uh, Journal of American Medicine on what happened during the crucifixion? Now, I'm going to tell you this. Jesus endured 36 hours of that. It was, but it was only 36 hours. But if you read what happened, it's unimaginable. And it's another thing when you have watched people being crucified your whole life and you're walking towards that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like I'll walk into the thing I don't know, but the thing I know, ah, I'm terrified of. And Jesus walks to the cross. Yes, he sweats drops of blood out in anguish, but he walks to the cross. Why? For the joy set before him what was the joy set before him the salvation for his family but his salvation for his boys what what boys you mean the boys that were passed out cold unable to pray with him oh you mean the boy who's who's selling him out in the temple right now oh you mean the boys who are going to run and scared and screaming ah the boys who have no clue what he's been doing for the last three years? Those guys? Yeah. But also for you and me. Also for you and me. He said, it's worth it. Now, here's my question. Every single one of us will go through life and go through hardship and go through difficulty. We will overcome obstacles. In fact, that's why he says, take up your cross daily right? Die to my own ability. God will purposely take us to places we are unable to go. And so for me, if I look at my own strength, I will always quit when God calls me to go there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, I can't tell you the number of times God's led me somewhere. And I'm like, I just can't. And he's like, no, duh, Sherlock. Why would I take you where you can go? I am purposely taking you where you cannot go. Because only in me can you. Because his life only begins when ours ends. It says that his strength is perfect, perfected in what? Our inability. The very moment when I'm like, I can't, I just can't, I just can't. Who are my whiners? Professional level. I win. I beat you all. I'm so much worse of a whiner. You know, this is why God calls us to live in community because I think my whining's okay until it comes out in my mouth in, in your presence. Then I feel like a wuss. Do you know what I'm talking about? Come on. All right, so here he is. For the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. What shame? Guys, you need to understand something. Hear me on this. When he went to the cross, he was stripped naked. 
he was more than likely sexually abused. And he said, I don't, you can't touch what I have. God alone is enough. I have more than enough. I despise it. It's not worthy to be compared. And sat down at the right hand of God. And so for, consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against him so that you and I will not grow weary and lose heart. Every single one of us, we have a line where we're like this far and no further. I would submit the joy set before us lies on the other side of that line. I don't know what the joy set before you is, but I want you to know the joy set before you is not comfort. The joy set before you is not pleasure. The joy set before you is not ease. The joy set before us is infinitely worth it all. And one of the things is, the joy set before you and I is what? It is this thing that is a part of the whole, which is the reason Jesus went to the cross. I love the way the Moravian said it, that the lamb might receive the reward for his suffering. Why did Jesus die on a cross? So you and I could be comfortable? No. So that we might be free of the power of sin and death to come into a relationship with God and a relationship with each other and invite a world into that. That is the mission that is worthy of enduring the cross. Any other lesser reason, we'll bow. We'll bounce. Who here, you're like, "Ah, okay, 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 all right, okay. I I I know what my joy set before me. You know how you, okay, this is me. You, you deal with yourself. The joy set before you, I'm like, the, okay, the joy set before me is a restored relationship with this person. So I'm willing to, go, to, to bear my cross. So what, if, we, if I, there's a breakdown in a relationship between you and me, what are some of the things that I might have to take up my cross in, in to see restoration in that relationship? Apologize. But I'm only 1% of the problem. Apologize. What else? Forgive. Be humble. What else? Own up. Woo! What else? Die to self. Die to self. My rights. What else? Give, oh, now you're messing. Give up control of the outcome. And I would submit that's the point where I, I come right up to that line because I, or maybe like a release judgment, right? We'll throw that one in. I do all that for why? What's my goal? What's my goal in doing all this? The outcome to the restorative relationship. Okay, okay, forget you guys. You guys are nice. My goal is they'll recognize what they did. Nobody? Nobody? Right? Because this is how this is going to get restored. I'm going to take my 1% responsibility and you're going to own up what a jerk you've been. I give up the outcome. For the joy set before me is not 
that lesser goal. It is obedience to Christ. It is the goal of revealing his goodness to all those in my life. The goal is that he might receive the reward of his sufferings. That there is any lesser goal will get burned up in the fire. And we've all had that, right? You can tell a lesser goal because you come right up to it and you're like, oh, never mind. But he who attempts to save his life will lose it. Um, okay, I'm going to meddle, so forgive me for a minute. Um, but it's been interesting watching the women's retreat from afar. It's been like an episode of Fear Factor. And here's why. First of all, I watched every woman going, oh gosh, do I go or not? Do I go or not? I don't know. Do I go or not? Oh gosh. Why would women be afraid to go on a retreat together? Women. That's the problem right there. Women. You said it, not me. Not me. Right? Right? I would love to go on a women's retreat without any women. That'd be great. Let's do that. Okay, so women. Okay, what else? Opening up, being vulnerable. Vulnerable. What else? Loss of comfort. Loss of comfort. I get an orthopedic cross myself, but okay. What else? Um, I'm just going to put this one out. The unknown. Who here, you're more than willing to sign up if you, can, if you know everything that's going to happen? Yeah, okay. Um, let me put another one. Loss of control. Yeah, that's actually the biggest problem in a relationship. I can't control you. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Control and manipulation of others, right? <laughs> what, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Self-control. But the only way I'm safe is if I can control everybody in my environment. No, I've watched this, and it's just so interesting as, 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 as uh, just making decisions over and over and over again. This is just a small just window, but what I want to say is every single one of us, we are going to come up to the point of fear. If I forgive, what's the guarantee that they won't hurt me again? If I release judgment, what's the guarantee that blah, 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 blah? Is there any guarantees? Actually, there's one. You're going to die. That's the only one. That's the only one we're guaranteed. You're going to die. You're going to die. But my life is hidden with Christ in God. And what I want to say with this is, is that I love, the amazing thing is Paul, I kept thinking about this as we're talking about endurance. And in uh, Philippians chapter 4, you know, it says this verse. You guys know this verse? I have learned the secret of being what? Content in all things. And I thought, wow, that is beautiful. Sounds kind of Buddhist, but that sounds beautiful. And he said, I've learned the secret of being content in all things, you know, going hungry, you know, having, having, abounding in stuff and having nothing, going hungry, go, you know, whatever. In every circumstance, content. Right? That's what I thought. So I wanted to find out what that word content means. And I looked it up, and it's not in the Bible. That was very awkward. I know. I know. If it's not in the Bible, then where did I get it? So one of the things that happens is Paul will say stuff in the Greek, and they're trying to translate it into English, and they got to make some guesses. 
But that's why I flipped over to NASB for this one, because the NASB does this a little better. So let me, he goes, he goes, I know how to get along with humble means. He basically said, I know how to be in want. I know how to have this. I know how to be in every one of these circumstances. How to be. Not to have, la, 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 la. But how it not to rob me of my joy. How it not to destroy my peace. How not to steal my, my, my. Who here, you're like, I would have followed but this person over here. Nobody? Like, he said, I, 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 I have learned how to live without excuses. Let me put it another way. I love this. Over in, uh, in uh, um, you know, Romans 8.18, he goes, he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's to be revealed to us. If you and I want to know how to press through hard stuff, how to press through suffering, press through difficulty, press through rejection, press through and not lose heart, and to continue to endure, to keep our eyes on Jesus, I'd like to listen to this guy, wouldn't you? Well, I wish he had actually gone through something hard. Anybody here, you hear a testimony, and you're like, yeah, but you haven't seen my situation. Right? Right? What does he say? I love it. I love it. He goes, oh, oh, I'm so glad he decided to boast for half a second over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Because they were like, you aren't a real apostle. You're not a real apostle. He's like, you want to see apostle? I'll show you apostle. What does he say? Chapter 11. There it goes. He goes. If I can find it. There we go. I mean, it's 1 Corinthians. We're talking about cutting off hair. Wrong. All right. There we go. All right. What does he say he went through? He said, are those guys servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I am more so in far more labors, far more imprisonment. Wait, you know you're in a different class when you're comparing how many imprisonments you've had? Oh, you only had two? Oh, that's a wussy level, right? He goes, what does he say? He goes, he says, I am in, in beaten without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes ripped out, the flesh ripped off his back. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, not that kind, uh, stoned. And three times I was shipwrecked. Three times. I wouldn't get on a boat after that. It was my people. Who's my people? You have no fly zones in your life because of stuff you suffered. What if the no fly zones we have in our life are actually the places where God will meet us and take us through to the victory? What if we've made a no fly zone and it's keeping us from continuing on in the race? You know, uh, you know, Proverbs says, without vision, the people perish. Another way to say is they go about unrestrained. They just kind of wander in a circle. Listen, and we, devote, and we devote our lives to comfort, pleasure, and ease rather than living on purpose, living in destiny. He goes shipwrecked three times and actually spent a day and a night out in the open sea. I have been on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, dangers from my countrymen. Again, like I'd be fine with robbers. Just don't send me to my countrymen, right? 
Danger from countrymen, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers from false brothers. Who here, you're looking for a safe life. He who attempts to save his life will lose it. Is there any place he's been safe? No. In fact, if we pursue safety, we'll keep backing away from where God calls us. I have been in labor and hardship and many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold exposure. But apart from such things, there is the daily pressure of me and the concern for the church. What, it, what is he saying? He said, but it, you see elsewhere. What does he say? I do not consider these things worthy to be pre- being compared with the glory that's being revealed in me. What is the glory? The glory is the likeness of God, the very image of God in me and in you. Do you know what it's, it's imagined? You guys, it's like, it's imagine you're a big lump of rock and every blow breaks off a chunk and reveals the diamond within. If we attempt to hold on to that rock, we'll never see the diamond that God is revealing. But again, if we do not keep our eyes fixed on him, we will grow weary. If we do not, if we do not keep the mission on in foremost in our minds, we will constantly say, it's not worth it for the joy set before him. But don't worry, I'm going to get practical. People are like, ah, he's going to kill us all. Because, you know, in that verse, you guys, in chapter four of, of Ephesians, he says, he says, um, he says, I've learned how to get along in humble means and all these things. I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And the result is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How does he get there? Well, read the whole book of Philippians. It will, it will encourage you. But I, I'm just going to give you a brief thing where he starts in chapter 4. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and my crown, in this way, stand firm in the Lord. How are we going to endure? This is how we do it. Okay, bring it, bring it. So what's his very first thing he says to stand firm in? I urge Uyodia and, and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony before the Lord. Who here? You can follow Jesus all really well all by yourself. But if other people are involved, I can't. Nobody? Right? What, the very first thing he says is going to trip you and I up is this. When I give other people the ability to take away my yes to Jesus. When I say, I'm not going to forgive till they forgive. I'm not going to, I'm not. Mm, 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 mm. I, it's so interesting. I ask you also to help these women who've shared my struggle. They were moving fast. They were, they were hosting churches. They were just, it was incredible what God was doing. And yet they got tripped up with offense. They got tripped up with, with, with hurt. They got tripped up with, here's the question. Is it possible to have a relationship with other people and not have misunderstanding? Absolutely not. 100% guaranteed. In fact, the problem is most of the misunderstanding, we don't even understand we're misunderstanding. 
You ever had that where two people are having absolutely different experiences? And all of a sudden you realize we have not been having the same experience at all. It looked good. It looked harmonious, but we were not having the same experience. I thought I was clean. It turned, have you, oh, okay, have you seen this? Sorry, just, it's a moment. There's this Australian guy, and he's, he, it's a skit, and the guy's sitting there, and, and, uh, and his wife's like, um, I can't take this. I'm done. I am done with this. Enough. Every, it's just, ah, oh, you just, you just, there's just stuff everywhere. I can't handle it. He goes, honey, honey, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Good beginning, right? She's like, yeah. He's like, no. I didn't want to know to show you this, but we have this, this basket is magical. You take dirty clothes and you dump it in this basket and the next day they're clean and folded. She's like, I am done. No, I'm done. He goes, no, there's more. There's this coffee table. It doesn't matter what you put on it. It disappears. It's incredible, Right? Two radically different experiences of the same thing. He's, who, guys, who here, you only woke up like five months later and realized how much you were ticking her off. <laughs> but, but here's the deal. Offense will come. Un- misunderstanding will happen. The question is, what will you and I do? Not to preserve the relationship, but be, to be obedient to Jesus. What will we do not to preserve the relationship? Because here's the deal. If my goal is to preserve the relationship, I'm going to twist you, manipulate you, control you into a position that works for me. Nobody? You know what I know? If my goal is the relationship, I will get that relationship by putting you in a straitjacket or me hiding in a closet. But if the goal is my is submission to Jesus, he wants us to be one even as he and the Father are one. Guess what? He will lead me places to die. Because my life is hidden with Christ in God. And so in that moment, misunderstanding, things will happen. I will pursue peace with all men as much as it depends on me. But I won't manipulate you and how you respond to that. All right, so, so, so first thing is, we've got to, if we're going to stay in this race, we can't let people keep taking us out. End of story. End of story. Nobody, anything that, that I have to check with before I say yes to Jesus as an idol. You're like, they're not an idol. I've blocked them out of my life. Yeah, because now God says go there and you won't go there. Jonah. That was Jonah and Nineveh, if you were tracking. Anyway, okay. All right. He says, all right, so keep going on. Verse four. So therefore, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Why rejoice? Why return to your joy? Why rejoice again? Why? Because we lost our joy. If you and I want to run this race with endurance, we have to have joy. Why was Jesus willing to endure the cross? For what? The joy set before him. Guys, this, this, and this are not joy. They're counterfeit joy. Who here, you're like, I got a day off. 
it's jammies day. I'm going to eat my jammies, and I got this, and I got my ice cream, and I got this, I got my teddy bear, da, 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 da. and you got done with the end of the day, and you were exhausted. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, because we were not made to, we were made to live on mission and purpose. We were made to do things that give us joy. And when I enter into his joy, into his mission, and I enter into his obedience, joy is the result. God, what would you have me know about this? What would you have me do? When I align myself with his purposes, joy is the automatic result. When I attempt to save my life, fear is the result. Rejoice in the Lord, not rejoice in ourselves, not work it up, but rejoice, return to your joy. And again, I say, what? Rejoice. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is a position. Joy is not, ah, it's not that. Joy is his perspective and my obedience in it. Therefore, and then, once you've returned to your joy, you're back on mission, right? You've laid down your, your, your misunderstandings, your relational issues. You've laid them down, and you've returned to your joy. What does he say? Let your gentle spirit be known to all. I'm sorry. That doesn't make any sense. Anybody see a disconnect? It doesn't, I mean, like, what are we just supposed to send each other hallmarks? Or is just, what, gentle, what does gentleness have to do with it? Do you know what gentleness is? Power limited for your good. When Danya was two or three, you might know this, but Danya is strong, like bull. And she would try to wrestle me. Um, but I would win. No. She actually would win. How could she win? Because I would limit my strength. A, so she could grow. B, so she could be encouraged. And C, so she wouldn't die. (laughs) We have a God who is infinitely gentle. Why? Because we actually have encounters with him. If God showed up in the fullness of his strength, we would not be around. Right? He is gentle. Gentleness is me refusing to self-protect. My gentleness is my refusal to dominate and control you. Gentleness is is to make room for you in my life and not to dominate and control you. If we are going to be able to run this race with endurance, gentleness is a key part of that. Why? Why can we be gentle? He says, why? Because the Lord is near. Why is the Lord being near the key to being able to be gentle? What do you guys think? Huh? Discernment? I would submit this. I can be gentle because he's got my back. I cannot self-protect because my life is hidden with Christ and God. I can be gentle with you even though I'm like, yeah, because I, my trust is in him and he is my protection. Be, therefore, because you're gentle, be anxious for only the things that matter. Anybody found that anxiety sucks all the life out of you? Like anxiety says it's going to protect us. Anxiety says it's going to help us. But in fact, it actually drains all of our ability to endure 
and to press on and to continue and to persevere. Anxiety does not help at all. Who, who are my people? You're like, yeah, I think it could help a little bit. Jesus said, worry, don't worry about what? Anything. <laughs> Do not worry. Uh, uh, I think you, you got that confused, God. He's, God was skin on. He said, do not worry. If he said, do not worry, he said, be anxious for nothing. How can I be anxious for nothing? If my life is hidden with him, I can endure. But I will tell you this, nothing will take you and I out of the race faster. Nothing will remove our endurance. Nothing will keep me from laying down my life more than anxiety and fear. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How does fear keep me from, out of, takes me out of the race? What do you think? Huh? Paralyzes you? What else? Stops you from doing what you're meant to do. Running in circles. Not there, not there, not there, not there, not there, not there. Yeah, right? Anxiety takes away options immediately and it spends all my energy on things i cannot control what's the one thing according to the holy spirit i am able to control you don't understand i don't have a choice i cannot help but be anxious well it's a good thing you have the fruit of the spirit which is what peace and self-control my ability, self-control is simply this. It's not my ability to control me. It's my ability to lay me at the foot of Jesus. The Lord, be anxious for nothing but in everything. Now, here's the thing. You and I, we cannot not do something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In fact, the minute I said, don't be anxious, most of us figured out what we we're anxious about. Right? Nobody? Okay, so, what, so God knows we can't do a negative. We can't do nothing. We can't do a not. So what does he say? Instead of being anxious, what should we do? According to this passage. But in everything, by prayer and suppl supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, made known to God. So in everything, let God know what you need. Now, what kind of prayer did he say? What, what does the prayer look like? Is it anxious? With thanksgiving. And let God know your, your prayer request. Okay, let me show you this. Let, let me give you some of an insight into my prayer life. Anybody, this, your prayer life? Jesus, why do you always do this to me? No, anybody? Yeah? Okay, does that sound like thanksgiving? This isn't a trick question. Jesus, why do you hate me? Um, uh, let me try. Um, Jesus, we're down here. We're going to die. Send me a smoke signal, anything. What does he say? He said, make your request known to God. Okay, who here, the way you, you've done this is you're like, Jesus, Jesus, what I really, da, 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 and you just, you, just, you just pray for nonstop for a long time. Guess what? You know what Jesus said? He said, when you make your request to God over in Matthew 6, he said, Dude, don't use a lot of words. So what should I do? He said, with what? What was the word? With what? 
Thanksgiving. Do you know what the one thing I don't have when I'm making a request automatically is? I don't have Thanksgiving. Why don't I have Thanksgiving? Because I don't have it yet. Like, I've been, I've been giving you thanks if I already had it, but I don't already have it. Now, some people are like, ah, so the trick is, uh-huh, uh-huh, watch this, watch this. It's like a shell game. I'm going to be thankful for the thing before I get it. It's like the sound of one hand clapping. I, I would submit maybe there's something there, but I think it's a lot simpler than that. When I'm making my requests, I remember every good thing he's done already. I remind myself of who he is. I remind myself of what he has shown himself to be. I remind him myself of the testimonies. Who here, when you're in need, you can't remember that God ever did anything for you? Okay, five of us. Awesome. I would submit, you just, this is what I have to do. I have to go, God, remind me. Remind me of testimonies. Sometimes I have to steal your testimonies. Sometimes I have to go, oh, this happened to somebody sometime. Or I'll go back to the Bible. But I thank you, God, for who you are because this is what you do. This is what you've done in my life. And I will remind myself. And as I do that, guess what? My trust comes in. Anxiety flees. Why? Because I begin to see him as he is. And when I see him as he is, when we are praying today, when he is magnified in our presence, everything else shrinks down to the right size. And I'm no longer afraid of those things. Why? Because my life is hidden with Christ in God. Because he is faithful and true. That he will keep that which I've committed. That he listens to me. That he's for me. That he's... With thanksgiving, make your your, your, uh, request known to God. And what does he say will happen to us when we do this? The peace of God will do what? Guard our heart and mind. Why do I need the peace of God to guard my heart? Huh? So I won't be anxious. What is it guard? It's guarding from what? The arrows of the evil one. The lies. The anxious thoughts. It's guarding my heart. The peace of God will guard my heart. I'm not having to, I'm not like, like, I'm not sitting there with a shovel and just taking every anxious, kicking it. I am making, with thanksgiving, making my request known to God. God, you know what I need. Here it is, real simple. And then God, reminding myself who you are and his peace will guard my heart. I can't, it's like, I feel like a lot of us, we try not to be anxious in the middle of a sea of anxiety. It's like we're trying to be dry in the middle of the ocean. If you want to be dry, first get out of the ocean. Get out of the ocean. Get into the place of the sun, of the peace of God, the trust of God, thanksgiving, and say, God, I will do this. And here's where we end. And finally, brothers... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is on the internet, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever XYZ person says I need to be terrified of, whatever is of good repute, whatever uh, political issue that's about it, whatever loss of income that's on the horizon, whatever, uh, uh, you know, uh, huge, horrible geopolitical problem. Anybody tracking with me? 
Okay, I want you. I'm, I'm going to say this right here. Every single one of us have pet areas where we give ourselves a little bit of leeway. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, I can go over here because it's going to help me. Right? And I want to ask you, if it doesn't fit this li- if it fits this list or not, okay? Whatever is true, life true, is it honorable? Mm-hmm. Is it right? Yes. Whatever is pure, is it lovely? No, it's pretty nasty. <laughs> Whatever is of good repute, no, they're evil. If there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, what am I supposed to do? Dwell on these things. And he says, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Guys, we're in a race. We're in a race. If we're finding ourselves exhausted, worn out, um, just torn down, if we're finding ourselves anxious, if we're finding ourselves fearful, if we're finding ourselves eaten up with rage and indignation and broken relationships, if all these things, if these are the things, these are the symptoms, we're meant to be in the race, pursuing God, living for him, living on purpose, living for his kingdom, and the joy of the Lord will be our strength. If we could have the prayer, the praise, not prayer team, worship team. There we go. Come up. What I want to challenge is every single one of us, we have an area, some of us have more than one, that God was highlighting today. We might realize we just haven't been in a race at all. We've just been in, in, a, in an attempt at survival. For some of us, maybe we've been in this place where we just realize we're trying to save our lives. Or, or maybe we have a, a wall in a relationship. Well, not there, God. Or maybe it's in a place where we just, we haven't been just gripped with fear and anxiety or lack of joy. Whatever it is, I want to encourage us today to be the people who say, enough. I'm done saving my life. I want to be on this race. I want to run this race with endurance. I want your will for my life, Lord. I've had it my way and it doesn't work. God, I want your way. If we could stand. Father, we come before you today. Open before you. Not our will, but yours be done. Show us the joy set before us that we can run this race with endurance. In your name, amen. For more information, go to arisenlife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.